So, you know, I'm so much into true crime. I'm truly obsessed. I think I pretty much know everything about all the serial killers all over the world. <laughs> <laughs> so, if somebody looks at my Google history, they'll be like, oh my God, this person is crazy because I've Googled everything about them. So, yeah, I am obsessed with true crime. So, that, ladies and gentlemen, is your first host, Flo. I love suspense and thriller movies. I actually take pride in solving them like in within 30 minutes of the movie and so you can say I really enjoy them because I'm so busy solving the crime and solving the suspense and 9 out of 10 times I get it right. And that ladies and gentlemen is your second host Tanvi. A special mention to our social media partners Bollywood Direct. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Bollywood Direct. Hi and welcome to Movie Wala podcast. Today we are talking about Thund which came out in 1973 and again Indira Gandhi was still the prime minister. The director of this movie was B.R. Chopra, producer was also B.R. Chopra. Music was by Ravi and the actors were Zeenat Aman, Sanjay Khan, Danny and Naveen Nishal. And the story is about Chandrasekhar who's driving on a foggy night hence the title of the movie. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, yeah. Translation. Dhun means foggy. Yeah. So he's driving and then he meets with an accident so he goes to the nearest house and knocks and then he encounters the dead body he sees the wife there standing with a gun and the story moves forward so it's kind of like a who done it you're wondering if the wife did it or you know because there are other people in the house also the whole story is about trying to figure out who actually killed the guy who's dead right and it was inspired by an agatha christie play the unexpected guest so now i'm curious to go read that play because i haven't and i'm like how close was it to this yeah. story you know it's interesting because when uh, dhun this fog right when it's fog and a who done it even before i knew that it was Ag- agatha christie's play i was like oh it's so british it's more like you know the hound of the baskervilles where it's all about the fog and you know somebody disappears into the fog kind of feel to it and then i saw that it was like an adaptation of agatha christie i was like mm, that makes sense wasn't like that woke on the as well same like manoj kumar is driving and then there's like foggy night and he sees like this woman in a white yeah. sari so i feel like fog is a great like way for them to maybe in black and white movies especially because in color movies they have a lot of other options now to mm. show like suspense or dark or like create some form of mystery in black and white they needed an element of something which is breaking the darkness without light yeah i guess that's the technical reason i am guessing but yeah i have no like insight on the technicalities of movie making but mm. so yeah so now this is probably one of the very few movies which we are recording but we didn't watch together so this is going to be interesting because i don't know your view at all and you don't know mine because usually we are texting and you know we know what the other person's thinking yeah this is going to be interesting yeah so of course we can't we're not going to tell you guys who did it and you'll have to catch our wrap up episode to hear our views on how what we feel about the endings of all of the movies so make sure you catch up on all of them before that but in general without 
like leaving the suspense part aside what did you think of the movie overall feel of the movie was i liked the movie uh, but there were a lot more points that i was picking on in you know, picking on it uh, as opposed to the other uh, the previous you know five of the movies that we've recorded where i had like nothing bad to say about you know not to say that th- this movie was bad or you know it had too many bad things but there were like certain things where i was like ah you know yeah so yeah but it's it's a good watch you know i would definitely recommend it how what did you think I was mentally tuning myself into like 1973 because like you know we keep saying we know too much right like we know too much so there were like certain things like I'm trying to and of course uh, like I mentioned before like I'm somebody who tries to crack the suspense right in the beginning I'm like okay I need to figure it out who did it so but there were so many uh, loopholes in this story I felt because I felt it didn't logically always made sense so i'm like oh but it doesn't make sense like they had absolutely no concept of fingerprints <gasps> oh gosh i was just going to say that. yeah go ahead and then i will they had yeah. absolutely like you know in the beginning when the persons like whatever you know without spoiling the movie so there's like of course in any murder mystery the first thing you think about is like you need to make sure you do not leave fingerprints around and if you want to establish that you were never there in the room you have to like kind of get your fingerprints off the door the glass whatever they have absolutely nothing like they were like i'm like this these people are going on touching things and they're trying to make sure that you know it comes across as they were not there exactly what was going on in my mind and especially me you guys know that i am like a huge true crime buff and i like watching a lot of procedurals and also when the cops come into the picture the way they were handling the crime scene and the evidence i was like they were just like happily touching every every single thing yeah i was like oh my god fingerprints guys don't contaminate <laughs> the crime scene <laughs> i know right but having said that i was kind of impressed by how they were like you know they used the time to measure the distance how much time she would have taken to come and all of that i was like okay okay i can get on board with this like that was kind of like okay they got two points for like using their brain like you know i know it's yeah, like probably detective 101 but just in like a movie setup i was very like okay fine because i want to be may- i wanted to be sure that this doesn't just fall flat like it's not like a suspense movie which had like absolutely zero conviction behind their you know motive so that made me sense and something that gave me great joy was when they're telling the phone number and it's just a three digit phone number stop it i wrote that down oh my god you of course you wrote it down we are nostalgic people of course and i even wrote down like it was like 748 so i was watching it with my husband right i was i looked at him and i was like oh three digit phone number <laughs> i know right and i remember even as a kid we had like a four five digit phone number yeah and then i was i mean i'm going i was actually alive i was actually born when it moved from five to six and i was like so and back then we didn't have any phone like mobile phone or anything so i would actually remember all these numbers and i still like so i have this thing with dates and numbers like i mm. i might not remember your name But if you tell me your birthday or anniversary or even your cousins or your aunt or uncles it's like it'll just it'll register in my head and I'll be like oh I think Flo it's your aunt's birthday and you'll be like what <laughs> Anyway then same was with phone numbers so everybody whoever needed like a database for phone numbers I would remember them and I would like dial them so when the number changed like it went from 4 5 to 6 I was to like 100 digits <laughs> 
I was like, oh my god, all the numbers have jumbled up in my head. What is the phone number? So it was just the three-digit phone number made me so happy. And also, uh, you know, like, I think Ittifaq was when we spoke about the fridge, right? The retro yes, fridge. Yes, yes. And did you see the double door fridge? Yes. Wasn't that the coolest? And there I was know. a bread box on top of top of the fridge. I was like, wow, it's so retro. <laughs> so retro. And I also like, like, you know, the they make like the cops are asking something about the phone. Like, did you call somebody or something in the reference? Like to imply that phones were not common. So, you know, somewhere like they make a reference where they're like, how did you get in touch? And they're like, I called. But it's like, where did you call from? Because just because, you know, because not all homes and houses had phone, mm. not all shops and stuff. So I was just like, oh, remember when some people didn't have phone? Like, I know. Wow. Yeah. And also going back to the crime story scene. And I really like the guy who played the cop. You know, the main guy who's Madan Puri. investigation. Ah. Yeah, he's a great character actor. So yeah, uh, another one who doesn't get talked about and doesn't get spoken about. Yeah. He played the role of this lead investigator so well. I wrote that, but that if you actually think about it, you'll see that the although the lead, like we named the four people who are the main four characters in the movie, but the most screen time is actually between Madan Puri, Devain Varma, who plays the ha- house help. And the second half is Ashok Kumar, who's mm. the... So you'll notice like they, the screen time is equally divided between the leads and then all of these people. Like Madan Puri actually end up getting majority of screen time because he's in every scene kind of investigating. So it's like his movie as a detective, like what is happening. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay, yeah, going back to the retro and everything. So remember I was telling you uh, back when we watched Mira Saya that Hindi movies show how the police van has changed over the years. Mm. So this was again, the police van was still the grey colour, like the one from Mira Saya. I was like, oh, so the van hasn't changed yet. And even their uniform, like even though they're wearing the khaki colour now, because uh, sometimes they used to wear white colour uniforms. But it would vary. I think the Mumbai police had white uniform and it changed later or something like that. But this is still like the they are in the mountain area. They live in some uh, Masuri, I think, right? Yeah. It looks like a hill station, yeah. Like a hill station. So the police uniform was different and the van is still the grey van. So the reason you can tell they're living in mountains is because A, of course, there's fog and they show the hills and everything. Secondly, the houses, if you'll notice, anybody who ever lived in a mountain they'll have like uh, animal like dead animal uh, being hung around the home because that was a straight up giveaway that this person lives in because in India you don't have like an op- uh, countryside and a city side so countryside is rural it's like mm. villages and then so you have cities country which is rural and then you have mountains which is neither rural nor city you'll have rich and poor people both over there but you can tell from the house and I'm like surprised, like if you live in mountain, is it mandatory that you have to go hunting? Like, <laughs> it's like you know, you need to say that you will go hunting. Only then they'll give you a place to stay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And also the house. Oh my God, what great view the house had. Oh, wow. Big yeah. windows and the view was gorgeous. And also like the court scene, you know, you know the judge and the, the, there are like photos behind the judge, right? And one was Indira Gandhi. Right. So for people who ask why we kind of mention prime minister's names, this is why. <laughs> now when you look at the movie, you will know how Indira Gandhi looks. I know you can Google it, but... <laughs> also you realize like how long she was a prime minister. But I think main purpose, like we said, is like usually because it just helps us go in that state of mind like because 
uh, having lived through all of these prime ministers uh, since 80s till now you kind of I, i can picture india i'm like oh rajiv gandhi i remember how india was in rather oh indira gandhi i was like but indira gandhi for us would be what we've seen in the videos and photos and you know the speeches you know what i'm saying yeah 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 so it kind of takes us back to that india her longevity is not as much as our life so i'm actually always shocked when i say still indira gandhi it's like from <laughs> 60s to 70s we've come and it's still indira gandhi oh god Yeah, but for our parents, it will not be like a surprise. You know, they'll be like, "Why are they getting so surprised that Indira Gandhi was there?" They'll be like, "It was a matter of fact that yeah, she was there forever." <laughs> I, I know, right? I know. We are going like on a completely different tangent over here. But yeah, coming back to the movie, let's talk about Zina Taban. Mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was one of her like few initial few movies, right? I don't even have to say anything about her beauty. and her style oh. she's gorgeous uh, you know and even in this movie uh, i feel like she was one of those people even the saree she wore she wasn't like actually you could see that she wasn't too comfortable in sarees yeah uh but one of the scenes where she's wearing this black night dress or something mm-hmm. oh my god then you see that hot zero the one that you are like oh my god she just transforms right yeah. when she's wearing a saree you can see that she's not very comfortable Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I, I, I kind of saw the difference in her uh, this thing, in her sense of style, where I felt like you know, like she was one of the first few, very few uh, actresses from that time where I felt like you know she's not comfortable in sarees. All the other actresses that we talk about, sixties, seventies actresses, they were so comfortable in sarees. You know, you, you can tell that you know they can just live in them forever. But with her, I kind of felt the discomfort. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it's you. You make an excellent point because actually, her and Parveen Bobby flow. I'm giving you that eye. Uh, they both were actually known to make the Hindi film actress modern. Because before them, the Hindi film actress was never seen modern. It was always in sn- uh, short snippets. If they're playing a double role, or they want to show a younger, or older. women in the same span uh maybe helen would be shown modern and the uh, lead actress wouldn't so it's like zina the man and parveen babi are two people and then i think after that tina munim and everybody who came after that they are known to be like the modern indian actress but in case of zina the man of course she's hot she's drop drop dead gorgeous but i felt she couldn't act at least yet this was like such a her her poor acting was standing out a lot in like even in the scenes when nothing was required but she and plus her dialogue delivery that's where you realize like how important it is to say your words enunciate and like you know say she was just like always talking in a husky voice yes no i was like what is happening why is she seducing every single person around her <laughs> उटरीज Ah okay I think it's more to do with uh, Zina Taman I think because you know I could tell that she wasn't too comfortable right You know for sarees you need you need to see it on a person to love the saree 
you know and on her because she wasn't comfortable it didn't really like i i wasn't like oh i would wear that kind of thing except for one sari in the coat room where she wears like it's completely black i think i'm obsessed with black sarees i need to go buy a black sari now and it just has that lace like golden lace very thin golden lace and that was the only one sari that i really liked but i think it's more to do with you know how she carried off now that i'm thinking of it I feel like yeah you know I'm right <laughs> sarees when you see it on somebody is when you're like oh wow that's gorgeous you know it depends on who's wearing it I think yeah I think saree is like you know you already have this six yard of fabric so you know you can easily get like overwhelmed overwhelmed and dissolved in it if nothing else like but so you actually need to make sure that you are wearing the saree and not the saree wearing you and this was a good example of even a stunning person needs to like be super comfortable in it otherwise it will like not do any favors to either of them but she you know she being stunning she was still looking stunning it wasn't like she wasn't but um all her sarees were solid color chiffon sarees they were like in the shade of every shade like blue purple yellow pink i wrote all the colors down she's worn blue blue black gray purple red yellow uh, lavender like she wore every color on the spectrum uh, so i was starting to think that maybe this is where uh, yash chopra got her chiffon sari so maybe chiffon or yash chopra's like the you know you always associate uh, chiffon sari to yash chopra but br chopra did it before yash chopra so again like i keep saying br chopra is the underrated chopra <laughs> exactly but i have a bone to pick with br chopra here oh. <laughs> so i you know now i'm like from fashion i'm jumping on the scenes and all the scenes with zina taman i felt were there to just focus on her sexuality and just to kind of make her i think you know clearly like we said that she didn't have the acting chops back then to do this role so you can see that she's not been casted in this role for her acting skills but just for her body and he really really i i think he abused her i mean incorrectly i don't know what better way to say it. Mm, she he he saying. sexualized her like every chance he got her palla will be down and the palla is not just down a little bit like it's dragging like totally down and you can like basically she doesn't have a palla it's like palla is on the floor and she's basically just in a blouse and a petticoat at this point i noticed that too and i felt bad i don't know it just it just seems very abusive exactly abusive was the word yeah yeah and she was also fairly new right she had just done like maybe like three or four movies before this right yeah with devana so, yeah. and uh, i felt like and i think at some point if I, i mean don't quote me on that but i feel like i have heard her say that that you know the reason she ended up making poor choices in her life and you know she made a lot of bad decisions was because everybody only looked at her body and mm. she she uh, so basically i i think a lot of people probably don't know her father is a script writer and i can't pronounce his name so i'm not going to try but he's a script writer for the movie like mughle azam and uh, pakiza so you know that was her father and she lost him when she was like 13 years old or something and then they her mother remarried somebody in germany and they moved to germany and that's why she has this uh, western outlook because she was not brought up in india and you know people can go and read on that on 
on Google if they want to. But, uh, you know, without getting into the gossip part of it, I just felt... No, it's not gossip because we are trying to see where she's coming from, you know. so it's... Yeah, yeah. So basically, yeah, like her modern sensibilities come from there. And then she came to India and participated in Miss India. And she was the Miss Asia Pacific, first Indian to become Miss Asia Pacific. So... And that's when Devanand and everybody casted her. And, and also now that we're talking about Zena Thaman, uh, you know, I, I, I know, uh, you know, I, we, should, we normally don't gossip in our podcast, but there's not gossip. But just to say, you know, it's kind of in line with what you're talking about. Just Sanjay Khan, right? Who's also in this movie. So, you know, uh, uh, so when I was watching the movie, I was like, oh, my God, because it's that time period where, you know, she says that Sanjay Khan physically abused her as well. Right. You know, like they were in a very abusive relationship because he was married already and, you know, she was young. And so, you know, it's sad. Like we say, we know too much now. (laughs) So when you're watching it, you know, we do have that thing going on in your head when you're watching the scenes where they're together. You know, yeah, you just can't separate them. I was thinking the same. I was like, oh, was it around this time? Was it this movie where it started? Or was it already happening? And yeah, the timeline isn't clear. Yeah. But yeah, so that is that. So I feel like, yeah, it was a disservice to Zena Daman in every form and way. As women, when you're watching the movie, you tend to, you know, see this, see these things and you can't help but... Although like her character was shown in a completely positive light, right? Like there's no shame shown towards that she was having an extramarital affair or not having an extramarital affair. Like you, either way, it's not like, you know, this would be the right thing to do. That would be the wrong thing to do. And neither does, is she shown as a victim. And even after like, you know, she's the, she's a queen. Like she's the, Danny is supposed to be the king of that area, whatever, back in the day. And she carries herself royally and everything. So in every other facet of her life, she's shown as a decent woman and she's shown as somebody you should respect and command. But I felt like, yeah, in certain scenes, yeah. And there's just this one thing which pissed, uh, which I wanted to pick on was like, she was wearing eyeshadow in the shower. <laughs> green or something. I know and I was like and she takes a whole shower that eyeshadow blood doesn't come off and then she's out and that eyeshadow still there like what eyeshadow is this? (laughs) It's like like wasn't makeup remover invented in 1973? (laughs) Or the eyeshadow is so strong that the water also didn't clean it and she's like good to go. I remember that scene very clearly yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Alright. That's it on Zina Taban now. (laughs) Yeah. Okay now moving on to Danny Densopa. Oh yes. He's gotten better with age. Mm, for sure. Yeah. And also I felt like Danny kind of, you know, there couldn't have been a more perfect fit for that role. <laughs> you know, like this eccentric, very, and he's very short-tempered. He's just like mad at the world for no reason. <laughs> exactly. Those are my favorite kind of people if done right. When they're like just mad, like just, yeah, I hate you all. <laughs> Equal opportunity hatred towards mom, dad, brother, sister, wife, everyone. Everyone. (laughs) No discrimination whatsoever. And apparently uh, this role of his kind of made him a star apparently, you know, because people kind of started noticing him after, you know, after this movie and after this role. (laughs) And remember the scene where he throws the plate? Uh huh. It actually hit the camera. That is why when you actually go back and watch the movie and then you remember the scene, you feel like it's actually coming at you. <laughs> Interesting. 
So, moving on to Sanjay Khan. Well, he hasn't done much work to be proud of. And he's not a human being that needs to be spoken about either. And I, for the longest time, I thought he was Fardeen Khan's dad. And my husband gave me an eye roll. He was like, what? How can you think that? I mean, they're, cous- they're brothers. Well, he's Suzanne, Suzanne Khan's and Zayed Khan's father. And there's Farah Khan as well, who's a jewelry designer, not a actor. Yeah, not... Farah Ali Khan, she calls herself Farah Ali Khan, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, he was handsome. I'll give him that. Could he act? I mean, he wasn't bad. Like, he didn't, yeah, he was okay. Like, he was doing whatever he was supposed to do. I think maybe I'm turned off by his off-screen personality so much that I couldn't care for even the good looks or whatever. Yeah, but it wasn't even like he was acting really off the charts, right? Like, I would. Like, I feel like I can appreciate work in spite of somebody being an asshole in real life. But if they're good. But if this is, like, nothing to write about, like, what am I going to say? He wasn't bad. I think I have... It wasn't bad. Like, if I had to pick whose acting stood out to me the most in the whole movie, I would pick, like, they. Devin Verma, mm. the house help. He was, he, I could see he, him putting in some effort in playing the character, right? Like you could tell him, tell that he's maybe from Nepal or a hilly region and he can't say the S sound. So he says, sure. So there was some form of like layers to his character and he was funny. He was genuinely funny. And I like that one particular scene where, where, you know, he's called into the police station for questioning and then he goes there and then he also has like a bunch of like, like a ward of cash. Yeah. So he has that. And then I think the uh, the cops kind of take it out, you know, because they're questioning him. And then they let him go. And where, before he leaves, he's like, you know, can I have the cash or something? And then the cop just looks at him. And then he says, oh, that's fine. You can keep it. Which means in India, it means that, you know, it's a bribe. You can keep yeah. it kind of thing. Yeah. So it's kind of like very subtle thing of, you know, saying that mm, corruption in India, you know. Yeah. But, you know, he said like he had uh, 3,000 rupees in his pocket. And I was just like, 3,000 rupees in 1973. That was a lot of money. That was equivalent to like a lakh or two. Nobody had that much money. Like even I didn't have in 1990, <laughs> yeah. I didn't have 3,000. <laughs> that was a lot of money. But I like that, you know, they showed the cop giving back the money. The good cop. Yeah. So, which is good. So now moving on to the songs, there are actually this movie has only four songs, which is the good thing. So the story actually moves forward pretty fast and two of them are a mujra slash today's item numbers. But I still like those mujras. I was just like looking at them and I even took a screenshot. I'll probably share it when the video goes up because one of the women who's dancing, I'm telling my husband, isn't that Kekai? Isn't that Kekai? Kekai from like Ramayan. Oh, so, so the third mother, the one who sends them to exile, and it wasn't mentioned in anywhere on Wikipedia or somewhere. So I was like losing my mind. I'm like, that's Kekai, that's Kekai. So my husband, the genius he is. So usually I remember the characters and the faces, but uh, my husband's really good with the names. He's like, yeah, Padma Khanna. I was looking at him. I was like, wow, how the hell do you remember Padma? Yeah, he remembers every name, even like even... Uh, even worldwide. Like if I if I were to ask him who won, I don't know, like Nobel Peace Prize in 2003, he'll remember the name. I'll be like, you're so random. Anyways, so then I googled Padma Khanna and it was Padma Khanna. Wow, I was like, that is Kekai. <laughs> but to me, that's Kekai. It's not Padma Khanna. So that was, uh, I, I'm still to figure out who the second lady is in that song. Because even her face seems familiar. 
but i couldn't put her in another ca- character or the name so i've yet to figure out so if anybody listening knows who the second lady in that song dancing with padma khanna is and do do you know the name of the person who has there's another song like a solo there are two mujra songs yeah there's one solo sir one solo dancing oh, do you know because she was pretty good too she was good but i couldn't place her face somewhere same here i tried looking i could but i've seen her yeah but i've seen her so there are like these two dancers we still need to decode who they are because i couldn't find them their names yeah so if anyone knows we live for these trivias yeah so let us know yeah <laughs> so that was about the music so music is nothing something to write home about nothing that we like ever listen to but hindi movies need music and that was that i did like the mujra the number the choreography it's like little different it was something like oh this is different like you know because you watch so much of the same things now i'm sure like if in 80s if i somebody were to show me this i'll be like it's go forward karo right yeah right now i wasn't like that upset about it now from music to background music <laughs> yeah so there was this one little background music that would come up often now i've forgotten what that is but i really liked when that would come do you know what i'm talking about yeah it wasn't it in the first half of the yeah. movie only though and it was little modern right like the music composition is modern yeah even i wrote that like there's this some modern dance music kind of a like little snippet like, and it would come often you know like the, i i i don't remember now oh but that i really yeah, liked yeah i you can't yeah, miss I liked it, it too because it keeps coming and the reason i noted down was like probably because we've been watching movies from like now 50 60 and now we've reached 70 you could tell like when even the background music composition is switched from classical or very indian centric to a little modern and you know it just got some techno kind of background something going on so Yeah, but I felt at, at times as always it is it was too loud like overtaking the whole scene. I was like okay, background music ko, you know, <laughs> tone it down. But other than that it was yeah, fine. What did you think about the ending without of course talking about the ending? Tough one without letting anybody know what what happened, right? Okay, so ending uh, without trying to give give away too much. I thought ending was interesting. Were you like on board with yeah. it? Like did you feel like I liked the ending, but then leading up to like you mentioned, you know, at the beginning of the episode where you said that there were a lot of loopholes. There were too many loopholes yeah. of and then the ending so it wasn't like yeah, I was blown away by it, but it was definitely interesting and it's not something that you were expecting, you know. So yeah. so it kind of it still has that surprise element which is good which is always good but it didn't blow me away. Yeah, same. Yeah, same. I don't have anything else to add to that because otherwise I'll just be ending up talking about it <laughs> and like ruining. But yeah, you're right. It didn't blow me away, but it was like nice like appropriately satisfactory. But yeah, but I would love to talk more about it. It is just right. So you're not disappointed that you wasted 2 hours of your life, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I guess I probably would want to talk more about it in our wrap up episode. I feel like I have something to say, but I feel like it's just not the right time to say for people who haven't watched it. So yeah, yeah, this is like our suspense series of our own like where we don't talk about the endings and we are making people listen to the wrap up episode. So yeah, but I also want to last but not the least mention Ashok Kumar. Out of the 6 movies, like he's been in like good 4. Right, yeah, easily. I'm like, and I think I don't know. Like now, I forget who I'm talking to. Maybe somebody in my family, you or my husband. But I was saying this to somebody that 
you realize when you go back to watching because i remember growing up when i was watching all these old movies i used to think like ashok kumar is in all the movies ashok kumar is in all the movies and i think and then i forgot about it because like last 20 years i haven't watched old movies so much and now it's coming back to me i was like yes i always used to think ashok kumar is in all the movies and he's played of course like we give uh, you know so much credit to uh, sanjeev kumar for playing different characters and but i feel like people who live long and have done a lot of work you take that credit away from them because you're like oh you worked for 70 years and you worked everything is fine like you know you you don't need to get that much credit but if you actually end up seeing ashok kumar's filmography he's like an candidate who's played the lead he's played suspense he's played villain he's played character roles then he played went to play grandfather and somehow he just got it right in all of those boxes like i've never had a problem with ashok kumar he feels like you know he belongs in that movie in whichever yeah. movie he's playing whatever role yeah. right he just belongs there he just gives a feeling maybe that is why people don't talk about him because he just fits there you know when somebody is like so natural never a fan of kishore kumar but as a singer you love him right yeah 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 singer so today i've been listening to all his songs again so i think people will be more forgiving <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah singer yes actor not so much okay all right so we are six movies down we have four more to go and uh, just before we started flow was like we haven't had any 80s and 90s in this genre and yeah that is true we don't have that many we have only four left and the next four are from 80s till 90s all right as always thank you for listening we'll be back next tuesday with our seventh pick for the series and you can catch us on instagram at moviewala podcast on twitter at moviewala pod see you then bye, bye. <laughs>